Zakawani, the flying winger. Oh, goodness me! He doesn't need anybody, Steve Zakawani! Steve Zakawani was never fun to stick up against. If it wasn't for Zakawani, none of this is possible. It's Steve, it's Steve. <laughs> this is so weird. Steve Zakawani! What's up, everyone? Steve Zakawani here, winging it with Zakawani. Thanks, as always, for joining me. Your host on the Sounders FC official podcast. Um, not a great weekend. Not a great weekend. Um, but, 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 as always, my job is here and to put a little bit of a positive spin on it, which I will do my best to do with um, being completely honest, objective, and realistic. But we have to accept that it was a pretty bad week all around for this franchise. Um, the defeat here at home to Sporting Kansas City, making it two back-to-back losses at home, including a Portland Timbers game from a couple weeks back. That's not great. But as always in this great sport of ours, you get chances to bounce back pretty quickly. And the Sounders have just that this weekend. Welcoming Bruce Arena's men to CenturyLink Field, the much, much transformed New England Revolution. That should be a great one. So we'll talk about that one. We'll preview that one as well as look back. And then we'll have a short little interview with one of New England's primary attacking threats now, Teal Bunbury, um, former U.S. national team guy, former Sporting Kansas City guy. He's been with the Revs for three or four years now, maybe five. Um, good friend of mine, college teammate of mine, another Akron kid. Um, he'll be joining us for a few minutes to preview help me to preview this game this weekend. Unfortunately, we do have to start with the defeat at the weekend. And it's, it's again a bit of a weird one because the Sounders lost the game, but I don't feel like the Sounders were beaten, if that makes sense. I feel when a team beats you, you put your hands up and you say, you were better than we were on this day. Cool, no problem. They just were better. When the coaching staff and the players watch back the tape of this game maybe some of you fans watch back the games as well there'll be a lot of errors that the sound is committed a lot of little defensive lapses a lot of little giveaways um, things you don't normally associate with the Seattle Sounders we saw a lot more of that than usual and KC even without a start for Johnny Russell pounced and punished you know you think about the penalty that was given away. Um, the Eric Hurtado third goal, just as Seattle were getting back into the game and you sense that the next goal would go Seattle's way. He breaks from the halfway line. You know he's a quick guy, but you give him all the space in behind. So those sorts of things contributed greatly. As much as you've got to give the winning team credit, I think the Sounders will feel like it's a game we lost, absolutely, but we more than played our part in it. We were willing participants. We didn't put our best foot forward and we got what we deserved out of it at the end. So that's where I think the disappointment will be for the Sounders. The West is stacked, in case you didn't know. There's a lot of good teams in this Western Conference. It is going to be tough to get the highest seed possible, which looks like number two, because LAFC just keep on winning keep on rolling. Looks like the second seed is whatever else he's to fight for. It's going to be tough if you can't stay consistent and if you can't win your home games. The rule was always 
win your home games and then get what you can away from home, you'll be in the playoffs. The Sounders have done that as well as anybody. Never missed the playoffs. Won't miss the playoffs this year. But with this new playoff format, you really have to emphasize getting as high a seed as possible. If you can't win your home games, San Jose keeps winning. Minnesota keeps winning. Portland has a ton of home games and they look really good at home. LAFC's putting away. The Galaxy somehow, with Zlatan when he plays, they're still really high up in the table. Houston, great team at home. They'll pick up points. The point is you have a lot of teams in the West capable of picking up points and going on runs. You know, FC Dallas still have to be mentioned. Can you really rule out Salt Lake at this point? So it's going to be tough, and it's about positioning and seeding. And Seattle Sounders have to find a way to bounce back. But as I said, this sport gives you those opportunities, and we have that this weekend at home to the New England Revolution, which has to be a win. Has to be a win. You can't go into this New England game, lose, and then have two away games next week with Salt Lake in midweek. Always tough going to Utah, especially for a midweek game. Always a tricky banana skin type of game. And then LA Galaxy with Zlatan at home, unpredictable. Sometimes they're very poor. Sometimes they're very good. But regardless of how the team is, Zlatan is always good. He always can do something. He can win a game on his own. We've seen it time after time and he talks a big game and backs it up I have no problem with that and we'll get to him soon but that's maybe the little bit of concern I have this game at the weekend now becomes very very big for the Sounders bigger than it should be bigger than it needed to be because you don't want three home defeats in a row I think that will be the first time in the MLS era that the team loses three at home in a row and you don't want two back-to-back defeats in the league when you are going away from home for two games and you're entering that stretch of LA, Portland, LA. Doesn't get any easier, but that's where we are. So very curious, as always, send your thoughts on the game, what you saw, um, what the team could have done differently. I think the performance as a whole, we think about the attacking group, Jordan Morris, fantastic. Um, listen, strikers are going to miss chances. Do I wish Jordan would have put that one towards the end, finished it? Of course. But you're going to miss, you're going to score. And he scored two goals. He has three goals in two games. A certain Englishman who works on the Sounders broadcast said that Jordan could not go on a run when he scored against Houston about 10 days ago. That guy, if you know his name, you should tweet him and tell him he was right because that's how Jordan is. He's a streaky player. He scores one, scores two. The confidence comes streaking in. So I fancy him to score again this weekend. I fancy him to, to get into you know, double digits and have a really, really strong end to the season. He can do that. And that's whether he's playing up top or out wide because Raul is the number nine striker. That's the guy you play there. And the spin of positivity I'll give is you're likely to be getting some guys back. Raul's missed. He's missed. He guarantees you pretty much a goal. You're going into games pretty much starting 1-0 when Raul is playing. We need him. Nico plays better when Raul is there. The team plays better when Raul is there. He's the focal point up top. You know he's there. Feed him. The goals will follow. We know. Gustav. Depth. Ledam. You know, I spoke to him briefly. You know, he's kind of, he's there, but he's having a little bit of a knock and, you know, he's starting to shake that off. Obviously, Brad Smith, great news. He'll be staying with us through the rest of the season. We need him as well at his best. Joven needs to keep getting match fit and getting active. Victor, how far is he? We don't know, but he'll help. So 
the health is rounding back for the team and we need that. Everyone will be needed because this morning alone and yesterday, the Western Conference in particular is reinforcing. Signings are coming in, trades are happening, people are trading time for gam and gam for time, whatever that means. And they're, they're making moves. That's what it means. They're making moves. And the Sounders, if everyone gets healthy, with hopefully one or two additions, it's still a very, very good team. It's still a team that can have realistic aspirations of winning the whole thing. But it's going to have to start this weekend against the Inca Revolution. Stay tuned when we come back. Till Brombury will be joining me. And then on the backside of that, we'll have the three things to look out for this weekend. And then hopefully that will send us all off into this game in good vibes, good spirits, hoping for three points. Look, we haven't, we've been inconsistent this year. We've been up, down, up, down, had a good start. Some struggles in the middle that maybe you could say were okay because of this or this. But this last little stretch of games, we've been really up, down, up, down. Uh, even in games themselves, first half, second half, second half, first half, however you want to break it up. I'm trying to solve that dilemma. I need the team to play consistently good for 90 minutes. That starts defensively. I thought the goals that we gave up were goals that traditionally this club wouldn't have given up. So we'll put a little more focus, added focus into some of our back to the basic, reminding the players of what their defending responsibilities are, how we want them to defend, and then obviously as the week progresses we'll, we'll start the tactics. It's another home game. We are going to try and come out. You know, I told Jordan this morning, I liked his commentary in the press after the game. You know, we want to come out on the front foot. Welcome back to Winging It with Zakawani. I'm very, very, very happy to be joined by not only a former college teammate of mine, but one of my good friends in life. Um, a guy I've known, I guess, 10 plus years now at this point. He's having another very good season with this weekend's opponent, the New England Revolution. We are joined by Till Bunbury. Till, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going, Steve-O? Thanks for having me on. I've been no. hearing all about, you know, winging it, so I'm glad I could, uh, <laughs> could join. <laughs> I love it. Steve-O A. Smith, that's me. Um, so, with you, I want to begin is the obvious question. The turnaround. Obviously, you know, sometimes when a new coach comes in, you can see a turnaround. We saw it here in Seattle when Ziggy Schmidt left and Brian Schmetzer came in. Sometimes that's all it takes, but you're on the inside, you're involved. Can you tell us what's been behind this crazy turnaround? Is it something specific that Bruce Arena and his coaching staff have done? Was it a case of getting a couple of good results and then that built into it? What's been behind this ridiculous turnaround you guys have had up there? Yeah, I think I think it's been a little bit of everything, to be honest. It's, it's tough to kind of pinpoint. You can't just say, oh, you know. Uh, a coach comes in and you're going to be a hundred percent better. It's, it's yeah. crazy that this kind of streak has been happening. Um, but I, I think that the few things that we've kind of inside been able to kind of grasp was definitely the transition. I think we all just needed a change, yeah. um, as players, sometimes, you know, that sometimes, uh, a certain philosophy or culture might just not be working for whatever reason. 
Um, guys might not be bought into it, um, and results just aren't going your way. So yeah. sometimes it's just a, a change of a whole new scenery, a change of a way a coach interacts with players. Um, and I think that initially helped out tremendously. I think uh, Bruce coming in, he gave a lot of guys confidence. Um, and you want that as a player. You want your coach to be able to be pump you up, um, kind of give you that confidence each day in training and in games. Um, and one of the first things that uh, struck me that he said in his meeting was, you know what, I, you guys are going to make mistakes, but I'm going to make mistakes as well. But we're all in this as a family and as a team. And I think as a player, you, you want to play for a coach that knows that, hey, he can put his hand up and be like, all right, I'm also going to be the one to make mistakes. And, uh, and I think that resonated with a lot of us. Um, Mike Lapper was an assistant to, to Brad Friedel before, and he kind of helped with that transition phase too. So I can't uh, show him enough love because right. he, he did a great job in just kind of getting the most out of guys during that transition period. So he helped a lot. Um, and then, you know, in this league that uh, these streaks and these games kind of go like this, you know, sometimes, yeah. you know, you can't find a win. And next thing you know, you're getting wins and ties. And, um, and I think we just uh, hit a nice little streak and we're able to kind of get out of the rut that we were in. The, Defeat this past weekend to LAFC, do you think that is going to have any long-term impact, lingering effect, or was it just a case of it wasn't our day, played against a very good team, they got a couple of good goals, and we go again? I, I, I don't think it's going to have long-term effect. I think that we have to make sure that we take out of it um, the negatives and the positives. I think there are some moments where we looked uh, decent, but then we also know that, hey, if we're going to beat the LAFCs are the better teams in this league. We're going to have to shore up defensively. We're going to have to shore up on our being compact. Um, we're going to have to be able to be more dynamic in the final third. Uh, so there's a lot of things that kind of were exposed. Um, but I think those are things that we are going to be able to correct, and we've already been kind of implementing those in training. And uh, so I, I don't think we're worried. I think that sometimes it's a, almost like a, a reality check for us as a team and as a group and guys to kind of take a look in the mirror and say, okay, we, we were on a little streak there, but with 10 games left, uh, we, we still have everything to play for and kind of the, the playoff destiny is in our hands. Yeah, and for yourself, looking forward to this weekend, CenturyLink's a stadium you're familiar with. You came out here, my rookie, I think it was, um, to visit and to watch a game at CenturyLink. And then a year later, you obviously were playing with the Kansas City Wizards and were playing here. So obviously one of the top venues in MLS. What are you kind of expecting to see from Seattle this weekend? And obviously don't give me your game plan, um, at least not on air. But um, what what do you guys kind of see as in ways you can exploit Seattle here? Yeah, I I think Seattle um, is an interesting team. They have a lot of a lot of key players. Um, they have, they have guys that on the ball can create a lot. Um, they have fullbacks that can get into the attack. Um, and when they're playing at home, they're deadly. I mean, just the many games I've played there, um, the, the, the home crowd there is unbelievable. Um, it's gotta be one of the best, if not the best, I mean, maybe rivaling Atlanta now, um, It, just the, the crowd, I think, is the biggest asset. Um, and they, like I said, they have key players. And but the, the thing that we're kind of been working on is, is focusing on ourselves. So we know a few a, a few key things that we want to uh, take out of this game. But the, the biggest thing is that we want to focus on improving from our last game, uh, making sure we're looking sharp. 
And the last thing for you is, in college, you were a striker. You came into the league as a striker, scored a ton of goals, obviously had the injury, the unfortunate injury. And then you kind of, in the past couple of years, were playing right mid and outside, and Bruce seems to prefer you again down the middle. One, do you welcome that change? And two, your own form has been very good. What's been the secret behind kind of this Till Bunbury resurgence, if you will, at centre forward? Yeah, I think I've I've always been a center forward um, at heart. Uh, I've always played ever since I was young, definitely in in college, and since I've been in the league, um, there have been times here that I, I was playing out wide, and I could play either position. But I think um, I think I prefer playing in that central role. They're two, it's two different styles of play. Uh, I mean. It, when I'm playing out wide, you get to face up the the outside back and kind of go at players more so, whereas the center forward role, it's a, a lot about holding the ball up, laying it off. You might not touch it that often. You might not get that many chances, but you got to make sure that the chances you do get, um, that you make the most of those. Uh, so for me, I think it's just been being mentally tuned in, uh, continuing to work and get that confidence from from Coach Arena and the rest of the coaching staff. And I think the, the style that we play, bringing in, you know, Gustavo Bo um, and uh, Carles Hill has been uh, unbelievable. Having those two guys kind of underneath uh, has been great. Love it, man. Love it. Well, it's good to see you back playing well, man. So obviously I'll see you this weekend. Give my best to the family and looking forward to catching up, man. Yeah, can't wait. Can't wait. All right, man. Talk to you soon, man. Started this second half on the left hand side. Nice ball forward. Madero, equally good ball. Morris Villiers come over time. Morris! What a start to the second half for the Sounders! Super ball from Madero for another assist, but what about that for a finish from US International Jordan Morris? Do what? It starts with the ball from Harry Ship. The weight of this pass is phenomenal for Ligo Lodero. And then one left foot. He was able to do that, and you know he can find that yard of space and create something out of nothing, guys. Thank you, Jackie. Second count, we almost saw it there, but a chance at the other end. Morris in behind, in on goal. Morris for the second, and the Sounders are back in it late. Don't go anywhere just yet. Turnover from Gutierrez. Moana picks his pocket. Moana then plays perfectly weighted ball. Thanks again to my good friend and brother, Till Bunbury, for joining us there. Um, part of that great legacy from Akron with one of Seattle's favorite people, Caleb Porter, who was the coach um, at the time. Um, I know he's not liked around here, but Caleb did a great job at Akron. That Akron team, you know, produced so many pros um, all over the world, actually. Obviously, I played there and then came to Seattle. My sophomore year was the freshman year for Darlington Nagby and Till Bunbury. They both went pro. Um, ben Zemanski had a good pro career with Portland Timbers and Pittsburgh, I think, in the USL. Blair Gavin played at Chivas USA and then had a, he's coaching now with Phoenix. Uh, Michael Nanshoff played for the Portland Timbers. Evan Bush is still in goal at Montreal. Kofi Sarkodi played for the Houston Dynamo for several years. Um, and it goes on. Then obviously Akron went on to have DeAndre and a few others and Will Trapp and Perry Kitchen and some really good players. Zarek Valentin. And probably named half of what was actually there. Just some incredible players. So great legacy, great program that Till comes from. All right. This weekend, three things. Number one, what I'm looking forward to. I love the tactical battle of coaches. I want to see Bruce Arena against Brian Schmetzer. When I was playing, 
the Galaxy was the team I look forward to playing against the most for many reasons. They had LD, um, Landon, they had Robbie Keane, they had David Beckham, um, Omar Gonzalez, good players. But they also had Bruce Arena. And then we had Ziggy Schmidt and those two titans going at it. It was always good to see who was going to try and outthink who. You know, over the course of that rivalry, they definitely got the better of us. But those games are always fun. So I'm excited to see Brian Schmetzer pit his wits against Bruce Arena, who seems to have this new lease of life. He has something to prove a little bit, it feels like. He has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He's come in and he's done wonders there. But he had a loss last weekend and he wants to make sure that they don't get into a bad rut. They want to keep their good run going. So seeing those two coaches going head-to-head will be great. Number two, the return. The much-needed return of Raul Rui Diaz. I know he went off against the Timbers. Hasn't been the same since, but he's back in training and all signs and indications point to him being back at number nine. Maybe we see him off the bench. Maybe. I think he'll start. And then if he has to go off, he'll go off. But he's a guy who's going to demand to start just by his performances and what he brings. And I think he will score if he starts, because he always scores. He has the best strike rate in club history, I think, by distance, when you go goal-to-game ratio. Uh, Just a phenomenal finisher, phenomenal finisher. I didn't play with him, but if I did, I would probably say he's the best finisher I've been around. Um, Brilliant, 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 brilliant. Much needed. What he adds to the team, raises the level of the team, gives you a very direct way of playing, because you know what you need to do. Get the ball wide, get crosses in, cutbacks, find Raul anywhere in and around the 18-yard box. Great things will happen. Number three, Jordan Morris. Please make me look great and keep the run going. I said you'd go on a run. Two games is good. Let's see three, four, five games. Even if Jordan Morris has moved out wide, he can still be effective because he's that kind of player. His skill set lends itself to the soundest style. You saw in the first five games of the season, he was flying, had some injuries, went away with the national team. Seems to be getting back near his best. I know he likes to play through the middle. I don't think he has to, to be successful in this team. I think he has Nico Lodero and, well, he has Nico Lodero who can play in through balls when he makes his movements, he's running. As long as he's dynamic and moving, I think Jordan will get all the chances he needs. Those are the three things. Tactical battle, Schmetz, Bruce Arena. Number two, the assassin, Fox in the Box, Raul Ruiz-Diaz. And number three, can we see the continued good form of Jordan Morris? If Schmetzer comes out on top and Raul is in the lineup and Jordan plays anywhere near where he's played in the past couple of games, the Sounders get three points. But we'll see. We'll see if I'm right. We'll be back here next week, of course, to dissect, break down, critique, praise, whatever it calls for this performance I do expect three points out of the week and I think the Sounders will have too much for New England even as well as they're playing I think the Sounders know it's a must win because we don't want to give any teams behind us an inch we've got to win I'm Steve Zakwani. it's been winging it with Zakwani. as always it's been a pleasure we'll be back next week